Hallelujah. Amen. Preaching God's word is a sacred privilege. I believe a man of God ought to feel after the Spirit of the Lord before he preaches. Amen. Every time we step behind this pulpit, we are responsible for what we say. Amen. I want to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. I want the Lord to have his way here. I believe God's got a purpose for this service. And I feel his presence in this place. Give Brother Ethan and the music team a great hand for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Go with me, if you will, to the book of Psalms, chapter number 51. As you're turning there, I want to say welcome to all of our guests, as well as our members and our online audience. Can you make our guests and our online audience welcome to Bethlehem Church tonight? Amen. We're glad that you're here and joining us. Amen. You're in an apostolic church, not just any old building and not just any old church, but an apostolic church where we still preach and teach the apostles' doctrine, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's the best thing. Amen. I say it all the time, but I say it because I mean it. It's the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Amen. Psalms chapter number 51, beginning at verse number 8. If you found it, say amen. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Anybody want a restoration of joy in their life tonight? Anybody need a restoration of joy? Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Verse number eight says, make me to hear the sounds. It said, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. I want to preach to you tonight about the God of the broken bones. God, I pray that you have your way, that your anointing would fall on this place. I pray, Lord Jesus, God, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost move in this place. Anoint our ears to hear. Let the word of faith mix with our faith. Let it bring a result in our lives tonight. God, I bind every power of darkness that would be a hindrance to your spirit. And I pray, God, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a great praise as you're being seated tonight. I love the times when I feel like worshiping God. When I'm overwhelmed by his presence and a spontaneous outflow of joy is released, there are times when there is such an overwhelming presence of God that without even having to think about it, my soul instinctually lifts my hands to heaven to worship him. There are times when I think about his mercy to me, where I am and where I could be, what I am but what I could be, how he loved me when I was a sinner, far from him, how he restored me when I messed up, how he didn't throw me on the trash heap when I had failed him and other people wanted him to throw me away. When I think about that, I can't help but give him praise. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, 
There are times when I think of the privilege to be called a child of God. He could have chosen anyone, yet he chose me. The God of heaven picked me with all of my faults and all of my weaknesses, all of my shortcomings, all of my failures, my mistakes, my inadequacies, but yet he loved me enough to pick me up and turn me around and change my direction. When I think about it, it makes me want to rejoice and brings gladness and joy to my heart. Amen. The old spiritual says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Amen. I I thought, I thought there was more to that song. I went and looked it up online this afternoon. I thought there's got to be more to it. And I was right. There's a second, there's a second segment of the song. Here's what the second segment says. It was listed twice. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. It's so good. You got to say it again. Some things don't need a whole lot more words. That's enough. When I think about his goodness, there's something that comes up in my soul. When I get my mind off my trials and my problems and my burdens, and I just think about how good God's been. Thank God for saving me. When was the last time you just said, thank God for saving me? Not thank God for a raise. Not thank God for a blessing. Not thank God for this or that. But God, just for saving me. If you don't do another thing for me, that's enough right there for me to praise you for all of eternity. Amen. You may not have two nickels to rub together, but if you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to stand and praise him right now. You may not have a big bank account, but if you got the joy of the Lord, it's good enough reason to give him praise and glory. Oh, somebody ought to just thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me out of a long line of alcoholics on both sides of my family. Thank you for picking me up and setting my, thank you for saving me. I could be on a bar stool. I could be in a crack house. I could be lost and undone. But thank you, God. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Somebody that's been looking at the negative in your life. You ought to stop looking at that and just lift your hands to heaven and say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God for saving me. Makes me want to lift my hands. I said it makes me want to lift my hands. Sometimes we make it a lot more complicated than it is. It's just a matter of remembering where we were and what he did. Thinking about what he did on the cross when he didn't have to do it, but he did it. Oh, hallelujah. Makes me want to worship this great God that I serve. Hallelujah. This merciful, kind, patient, awesome, wonderful, long-suffering God. There's times when I see his mighty hand at work and it motivates me to worship him. When he answers the prayers that I've been praying, I can't help but stop and say, thank you, Lord. When he blesses me in ways I didn't even dream possible, I just got to look to heaven and say, God, I didn't even think to ask for that. You gave it to me anyway. Thank you, God, for how good you've been. Thank you for making me the head and not the tail. Thank you because your blessings overtake me. Thank you because when I sow into your kingdom, You open the windows of heaven and pour out. I shouldn't be here. You know why I'm praising? Because I shouldn't be here right now. But here I am in the presence of God through all my trials, all my weaknesses, all my failures. Here I am full of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to find that deep old fashioned praise that's been down deep in your soul. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If the Lord has brought you out, you ought to say so. 
if the Lord's delivered you. You ought to say so. If you turn your life around, you ought to say so. Somebody ought to say so tonight. God's been good. He's really been good. He's been so good to me, I can't tell it all. But I can praise him for it. You don't have time for me to tell it. But just let this hand clap. Let this hand clap be my testimony. You don't have time for me to tell it all. But let this dance be my testimony that God has been good to me. Hey, there's something exciting about being in the presence of the Lord. This is what the world wants. They pay athletes millions of dollars for just a few moments to feel this after a play in a ball game. But we get to live in the glory of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Old Testament term rejoice has an interesting definition. The word rejoice, according to Vine's expository dictionary of biblical words, it says rejoice refers to a spontaneous emotion or extreme happiness. Ooh, I, already, I already like it. A spontaneous emotion or extreme happiness, which is expressed in some visible and external manner. Rejoice is a spontaneous emotion or extreme happiness which is expressed in some visible and or external manner. You want me to keep reading the definition? It says the emotion expressed in the verb finds a visible expression. The emotion represented in the verb is accompanied by dancing, singing, and playing of musical instruments to rejoice is expressed in a visible and external manner. You cannot rejoice mentally and intellectually. Rejoicing demands that what you think of in your mind expresses itself in an external expression. I didn't make up the word and I didn't write the definition. I'm just telling you, you can't rejoice in your heart. You can only rejoice by letting it come out into some kind of a physical demonstration, a visible expression. You can be happy on the inside. You can feel content on the inside. You can feel thankful on the inside, but you can't rejoice on the inside. If you're going to rejoice, it's got to find its way out. And some, the Bible said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice at some point. If it's in your heart, it'll come out in your praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to go back into ancient days. The 1980s. Specifically, March, the first, the, 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 the week of, the, the, Mar the month of March of 1987. I remember as my favorite team at the time, Indiana University, was playing for an NCAA basketball championship in the final game. As the clock ticked down to the final seconds, my team was losing by one point. They passed the ball down in the low post to their all-conference forward by the name of Daryl Thomas. He was guarded by a freshman phenom named Derek Coleman. He passed the ball out. Their All-American and Olympic gold medalist Steve Alford could not get open. So Thomas passed the ball to a junior college transfer guard named Keith Smart, who was streaking across the left wing. As the final seconds ticked down, he shot an off-balance jump shot fading towards the out-of-bounds line. As the ball was in the air, I stood up knowing if we miss, it's over. If we go through, we win. And the ball went through the orange hoop. And when it did, 
I sat down, folded my hands, patted my foot, and rejoiced in my heart. No, I didn't rejoice in my heart. I didn't rejoice on the inside because that's impossible to do. I was jumping and screaming and shouting over a stupid basketball game. I was overwhelmed by emotion and that emotion found an external expression. Amen. On that cold Monday night in March of 1987, next thing we knew, we were all outside in the street. My neighbors had come out. Some were shooting off fireworks. They were jumping and screaming and shouting, overwhelmed by emotion. One guy didn't have any fireworks, so he grabbed a kitchen pan and a big old spoon, and he stood out in the driveway and beat that pan with that spoon because to him, it didn't matter what you thought about him. He was on top of the world, and he had to rejoice about it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know in 1987 that it'd be the last time I ever got to rejoice over them winning a championship. If I'd have known, if I'd have known that was it, I might not have got so excited. But I serve a God that has never lost a battle from that day till then. And if I can rejoice over a dumb old game, surely I can find the reason to rejoice. Maybe I can express it in a little bit of a different way. I was hunting in Ohio several years ago with a dear friend, a pastor friend from up there. And that guy was the most ADD person I ever met in my life. He couldn't sit still for more than 30 minutes in a deer stand. I was, I was, hunting, I was hunting in a ground blind one afternoon, and I was watching two does, and the bucks were in rut. And I was getting ready because I knew they were getting ready to come out. And about that time, those two does lifted their tails and started running off. And I thought, what in the world happened? And about that time, I saw that pastor in an Ohio State jacket walking right through the field. The next day, I was hunting in a climbing stand, and I was watching a doe, and I thought, maybe this is going to be my moment. Maybe a buck's going to come out. And about that time, that doe got up and and, and run off, and I looked, and across through the woods was walking an old preacher in an Ohio State jacket. The next morning, it was cold and rainy, and we got up about 4.30 to head out. And he said, Brother V., he said, I'm, I, my old knee's a little cranky this morning. I don't, feel, I don't feel like I should probably go out. I think I'm going to stay in. And on the outside, I said, oh, no. But on the inside, I said, praise God. <laughs> I got up in that, in that, that, uh, that, that, that tree stand, and I got, my, I got my, my, my crossbow cocked, and I was in the stand about five minutes. And I looked off to my left and coming around behind a a, a bluff at about 10 yards away was a giant 13-point buck. I put that crosshair on him. I was as calm as I could be. I exhaled a nice long breath. I pulled that trigger and I heard, and I thought, I missed him. I've hit that tree. That deer run off about 40 yards. And I'm trying my best to pull that that crossbow back. I'm thinking if I can get one more shot, maybe I can't hit him at 10 yards. Maybe I can hit him at 40. And I'm trying to pull it back. And about that time I hear, and I look over and that giant buck falls out on that cold Ohio hillside. And it was rejoice in your heart. It'd be the last time I ever got to rejoice. I wouldn't come then. I went and I started dragging that big old buck up the hill and I thought, I ain't doing this. I went and woke up the old preachers and said, come on, guys. Because when it, when it happened, there was something. I didn't even plan on acting goofy when that buck went down. And I didn't plan on ending up out in the street when my favorite team shot went down. But friend, when something gets a hold of your heart and it, it has to find its way out, And it's a shame if I can do that for a basketball game or a 13-point buck and I can't get excited when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And Oh, God. Even if, look, if you're too old and if you can't run, at least just tap your foot a little bit, pat the side of your pew, wave you, do something, but you ought to always rejoice. 
it's almost like I had an out-of-body experience and I found myself in the street rejoicing. I don't even really remember how I got. I do remember one thing. Every game, my team lost two games that year. My brother, those were the only two he watched. And so at halftime, we kicked him out. He was in the backyard for the rest of the game. He nearly froze to death. That might explain a lot about him. It was easy to rejoice when you're a champion, when you're on top of the world. But I'll be honest with you, I'm not always on top of the world. And I don't always feel like a champion. There's been a lot of times when I didn't come to church with the praise in my mouth. I was frustrated, disappointed, carrying scars, worried about things. Have you ever felt like your spiritual bones were broken? David said, I've got broken bones. Psalms 51 and 8, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Notice, he uses the plural. It's not a broken bone. It's broken bones. It's a serious injury, multiple injury. He had recently buried a two-week-old baby. He had just been confronted by Nathan the prophet about his sin. He was crushed. He didn't feel like a king. He didn't feel like a warrior. He didn't feel like a champion. He didn't feel like a giant killer. He said, I've got broken bones. I'm wounded. Have you ever felt like you had a wounded spirit? Have you ever felt crushed on the inside? Have you ever felt like you were disappointed to the core? Have you ever felt like your world was falling down around you and you could do nothing to stop it? David said, my bones are broken. I'm wounded. I'm injured. And I'm weak. God, my bones, not a minor scratch. I'm not talking about a flesh wound. I'm not talking about just a little bit of, not a stubbed toe, not an inconsequential bruise, but I'm talking about a deep wound on the inside. My bones are broken. God, my bones, I'm wounded. I feel pain so deep. I don't have the ability to fix it. I can't set my own broken bones. God, I know I'm not preaching to anybody. I might just be preaching to me tonight. But God, I know I can't stay in the condition that I'm in. I know I can't survive long wounded. So God, I don't feel joy and gladness. I don't feel mirth and happiness. I don't feel motivation to worship because my bones are broken. I don't feel the joy right now. I don't feel the gladness right now because my bones are broken. Nobody else can see what's going on on the inside. On the outside, it looks all right, but on the inside, my bones are broken. And just because you can't see the wound doesn't mean that I'm not hurting on the inside. Can I tell you that the devil hates everything we preach? He hates the fact that there's one God. And he hates when we preach that there's one God and his name is Jesus. There's not some kind of a pagan trinity. There's hero Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And the power in that truth rocks hell to the core. Satan hates when a church teaches holiness and modesty. Satan hates the fact that the church still believes in prayer. We do, don't we? Man, if you were in that prayer room tonight, you know we believe in prayer. May I tell you that the true church is under attack for what we preach. We still preach one God. And we still preach holiness. And we still preach the grace of God leads us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We still preach against fornication. We still preach that marriage is for a man and a woman. And we still preach that adultery is sin. And Satan hates that we still preach that stuff. We preach that God's a miracle worker. We preach the old-fashioned book of Acts apostolic message. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many. We still preach it. I know preachers and churches and apostolic moms and dads and apostolic young people who are struggling. I know there's times when it feels like we're broken.
times when we feel like we're hurting to the core. I'm a pastor. I have a great church with great people. But we're not perfect. Sometimes we're broken. We preach right, sing right, walk right, pray right, live right, and sometimes we still feel broken. You have to say amen, but I know it's true anyhow. It seems sometimes as if the apostolic flame that was ignited in an upper room on Mount Zion on the day of Pentecost like a raging fire is sometimes nothing more than a flickering candle in my soul or a barely glowing ember. But my brothers and sisters, I've come tonight to tell you that though we may feel like our bones are broken, it may feel sometimes like we're wounded so deep that we'll never rejoice again. But God has in no wise lost his power. He is the God of the broken bones. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, even King David felt broken. He said, God, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. God, I can't feel it, but if you could just let me hear it. God, I can't feel it in my soul right now, but just let me hear the sound of joy and gladness. I'm not experiencing it right now, but if I could just hear somebody with the praise make the sound of joy, then these bones that are broken can rejoice. That's why there ought to always be a praise in the church. We should never take a song off. We should never take a stanza off. We should never take a phrase of a worship song off. Every time that we sing, we ought to be praising him because somebody needs to hear the sound of joy and gladness. David said, I don't have to feel joy to rejoice. If I can just hear the sound of joy. Sometimes you wait to feel something that can cure your spiritual condition when what you really need is not to feel it, but just to respond to what you hear. Oh, yes. God, when I feel it, I'll do it. That's not the right answer. The right answer, God, if I hear it, I'll do it. If you'll make me to hear the sound of joy and gladness, then the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice because you are the God of the broken bones. When everything's not right, God, you're still the God that causes me to rejoice. Even when I'm in my valley, I still got to praise you because you're the God of my broken bones. When I'm hurt, when I'm frustrated, when I'm confused, when I'm weak, when I'm weary, when I'm in trial, God, you're the God of my broken bones. So just somebody ought to make a sound of joy right now so that somebody else can hear the sound and rejoice. Your praise sometimes gives somebody else. Your praise gives somebody else hope that if you made it, I can make it. Amen. Have I preached too long already? Y'all ready to shut down or you ready to turn it up? Let me tell you, there's people going through some stuff here tonight. And if they can just hear you rejoice, they might find a little bit of hope that will get them through their trial. That somehow, some way, in the midst of the darkness, my bones, if I can just hear it, my bones can rejoice. God, let there always be a sound of rejoicing coming from Bethlehem Church. Let there always be a sound of joy. God, that emanates out of this building. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to give that sound right now. Oh, Jesus. He's the God of the broken bones. If you're wounded, I've got good news. He's the God of your wound. He can pick you up. He can turn you around. He can dust you off. He can get you aimed the right direction. He can give you peace in your storm. He can give you hope in your trial. In the valley of the shadow of death, you can walk in the peace of God because he's the God of the broken bones. If you're going through a battle, you ought to just praise him because he's the God of the broken bones tonight. 
hallelujah. I feel the God of the broken bones in the house tonight. Some of you are facing circumstances and you don't know how it's going to turn out. You're surrounded by questions and doubt. But somehow in the middle of all that, if you can get your eyes fixed on the God of the broken bones, you can say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. You can be walking through the valley of death, but you can say, I will rejoice and be glad because I can hear the sound of joy. David had problems. David knew how to dance on broken bones. He had a daughter that was raped by her very own brother. He had a son that was murdered by his other son. He had a wife that despised him in her heart. He had a son that tried to kill him. But David is known as one of the greatest heroes that ever lived. Not because he knew how to quit. Not because he knew how to shut down but because he knew how to dance when his bones were broken. David knew the God of the broken bones. He knew that you can't cry your way through every trial, that sometimes you just have to rejoice on broken bones, that you can't wait for every little thing to be healed and be better. You just got to praise him through the storm. You just got to worship him through the trial. David understood he's the God of my broken bones. So even though I'm broken, I got to find a way to get this hurting hand up towards heaven. Somehow I got to find a way to rejoice even though my bones are broken. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you tonight that many of us have some broken bones. We have issues, trials, hurts, grief, pain, struggles, weaknesses, habits, all kinds of things that if we let it can keep us from the presence of God. But may I tell you, Even with the collection of broken bones, the apostolic church is still the greatest thing there is in this world. There's nothing like an apostolic church who can rejoice through her trials and her. There's nothing like a child of God that can praise even when they're sad and hurt. And there's nothing like the devil fears. The devil fears a person that knows the God of the broken bones. He fears somebody that has learned the lesson of how to rejoice even when you're on the bottom, that when things aren't working out. Job knew the God of the broken bones. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. They understood the God of the, there's something that happens. There's something that happens when we find the God of the broken bones. Come on, it's worship time. Right now it's praising time. Right now it's victory time. Don't wait on somebody else. You gotta have an experience with the God of the broken bones. There's something about a child of God that's learned how to worship when they hurt, to learn how to praise when they're frustrated. Make me hear the sound. Let me hear the sound of joy and my broken bones will rejoice because he's the God. He's the God of the broken bones. introduced to the God of the broken bones tonight. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. There's a restoration that comes when we learn how to praise him through our brokenness. I feel a wind of restoration in this place tonight. I feel a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost. I feel a fresh wind of the power of God blowing joy into this place. 
He's the God of the broken bones. He's the God over your trial. He's the God over your wound. He's the God over your trouble. And if you'll bring it to him in praise, I promise you there's a restoration of joy that God wants to breathe deep down in your soul. He's the God of the broken bones. Go ahead, lift your voice and express your rejoicing. It can't be done inwardly, it has to be outward. Bishop Wilson, join me if you will. Amen. I, Bishop Wilson, I remember that Wednesday night in early June of 1999. On that Tuesday, I'd preached the funeral for your son, 23 years old. Nothing in the world made sense. I was preaching that Wednesday night. I preached a message titled, Nothing But Oil. Well, I was up here on the platform and church was started. The place was packed. Not because I was preaching, but people just wanted to be here. And nobody, we didn't really know what to do. You remember? We didn't know really how to act. We just in here trying our best to make sense out of something we couldn't make sense of. I didn't, know what, I didn't know if I should cry, if I should shout. I didn't know what to do. And I watched Bishop Wilson come in a little bit late. And he walked around that aisle. And he walked all the way around. He come up these steps and he come through this door. And when his feet hit that platform, he started to dance and rejoice in the presence of God. Broken. But he knew. He, he told me. I, I waited a few years to ask him how he did it and he told me though he said John he said the only thing I knew how to do was to praise God he said I didn't have anything else I'm not trying to pin medals he's got enough medals waiting on him in heaven but what I'm saying is when you know the God of the broken bones you know there's only one way to get through there's only one way to make it and that's to find somewhere a reserve of rejoicing and if a man in that condition can do it, then how much more should we praise the God of the broken bones tonight? Oh, that's right. Somebody ought to rejoice. Hey, I'm telling you, there's people that are hurting here. But you're here because the God of the broken bones breathes hope. Look. Brother Larry, I probably should have quit this sermon 10 minutes ago, but I'm not smart enough to stop. I want to read one more verse to you. I'm, I'm going to read it in the King James. It's not going to make a whole lot of sense. First, first Corinthians 15, 42 and 43. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Listen to verse 43. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. Let me read that verse 43 again in the King James, and I'm going to read it in another translation. It's sown in honor in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. Here's the other version. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength because he is the God 
of the broken bones. Hey, I serve the God of the brokenness. He's not afraid to be identified with the hurting and the wounded and the bruised and the sorrowful. He's not afraid to be identified with those who grieve and struggle because thank you for being the God of the broken bones. Thank you for being a God that I don't have to be perfect to approach. Somebody praise him. In your weakness, you ought to praise him. In your fear, you ought to praise him. In your sin, you ought to praise him. In your hurt, you ought to praise him. He is the God. He's the God of the broken bones. Oh, there's a deep move of the Holy Ghost here. Somebody ought to open their mouth and express what you're feeling in your soul. Some of you, it's been a long time since you felt a breakthrough coming your way. You ought to open your mouth and speak it out by faith in Jesus' name. Some of you, you've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've been scarred. It's been a long time since you really felt peace, but you feel the God of the broken bones starting to touch that wound on the inside. You ought to open your mouth and express your rejoicing to him and say, thank you, God. Thank you that you're the God of the broken bones. Oh, come on, you ought to grab somebody's hand and just lift it to heaven in praise. Oh, that's right. Oh, he's not ashamed of your wound. He's not ashamed of your wound. You're not too dirty and you're not too broken and you're not too wasted. You're not too dirty that he doesn't want you to praise him. He's the God of broken bones. Oh, yes, Lord. That's right. There ought to be a shout come up out of this place. There ought to be an expression of praise right now. A thankfulness. A thankfulness that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. He's the God of my broken bones. He's the God of my hurt. He's the God of my woundedness. Come on. If you're being led by the Holy Ghost to go pray with somebody, just work your way over to them and just let them know that you know the God of the broken bones. Oh, that's right. Come on, lift your voice and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Find somebody to pray with tonight. Find somebody to worship with tonight. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being the God of the broken bones. sounds of joy that give hope to my soul. Woo, Jesus.
Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Your praise gives somebody hope that they can make it. Your worship gives somebody hope that God is still there. He's the God of my broken bones.
we do that tonight, right now? Jesus, 
Jesus, we worship you. We magnify your holy name, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many can hear the joy of the Lord in your soul again? How many feel that restoration of joy? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You don't have to leave here the same way you came. You don't have to leave here with your head hung down, hunched over low. But you can leave here with your hands held high, your head up in the sky. Knowing that you got the victory. You got the victory. You got joy. Joy, joy. Joy down in my soul. Joy, joy. Joy down in my bones. Somebody that's got the joy, shout hallelujah. If you got the joy, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Clap your hands one more time and give them a shout of praise in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Be back Wednesday night, 7.15 for church. We will be all in the sanctuary on Wednesday night. Pastor will be bringing a special presentation of the word of the Lord to us. So be in prayer for that. Father, we thank you for speaking to us. We thank you, Father, for everybody that you healed. We thank you, Father, for every bone that you put back together. We thank you, oh God, for every person that you restored and refreshed and renewed in the Holy Ghost and in the joy of the Lord. I pray, oh God, that the joy of the Lord will follow us everywhere we go this week. Let the joy of the Lord be upon our face. Let the joy of the Lord be in our heart. May the bones which thou hast broken rejoice again in the name of Jesus. Everyone shout amen. Be dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.